The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Scott Chu. Yo, everybody. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast. My name is Scott Chu. You can find me on Twitter at IfTheChewFits. So let's get to the injuries and transactions from yesterday. We'll actually start with a transaction. The Yankees acquired right fielder Andrew Benintendi overnight, and he'll likely take over in right for Matt Carpenter. Roster Resource suggests Benintendi will hit fifth, and so that could be a huge boost to his value, if only because of the improved supporting cast. It also raises questions about the roles of Matt Carpenter and Josh Donaldson, though I continue to suspect that Carpenter will continue to find playing time likely over Josh Donaldson. As you may have heard, Mike Trout has been diagnosed with a rare back condition, actually a spinal condition to be more precise, but intends to continue playing at some point in 2022 and also pointed out that he felt some of the news and reports were a bit overblown as he says the condition is quite manageable. I'm inclined to believe him and not really change my assessment about his durability over the coming years. I think we just have to continue to accept that he's going to miss games year in, year out to continue to maintain his body so that he can continue to be effective. Jacob DeGrom finished his last rehab appearance with apparently no issues and will make his next start with the Mets. If you take a listen to the Hacks and Jacks podcast that came out yesterday, we talked about the circumstances and scenarios where you might trade him or trade for him in fantasy and how to work through that if it's something you're interested in doing. Yusei Kikuchi, who I'll talk about again in a bit, is being activated from the IL today to start against the Tigers and will likely be a popular streaming and DFS option. Tyler Wells left his start with back discomfort, so we'll see how that plays out. Raphael Devers took some swings in the batting cage and shouldn't be out for way too much longer. Wade Miley is going to begin a rehab appearance, so that's something to look forward to if, you, in fact, you're interested in Wade Miley. Joe Kelly left his last appearance with pain in his right bicep to make that Chicago White Sox pen just a little bit more shallow. Connor Joe yes, missed yesterday's game in Colorado with general soreness, but apparently it's nothing to worry about. We'll see if he plays today against a lefty on the mound. The Tigers told us that neither Spencer Turnbull, Alex Fiedo, or Kyle Funkhauser will return in 2022, which is a bummer for them, although not a ton of fantasy relevance there. Vinny Pasquantino is dealing with thumb discomfort. We'll see if he makes the lineup today. As well as Bobby Witt Jr., who missed yesterday's game due due to some hamstring issues. Joey Bart, who's been a bit better since being called back up, missed yesterday's game due to illness. Mitch Hanniger played a full game in the minors yesterday. He's getting closer and closer to a return. Harrison Bader is being shut down for a few more weeks. 
and it's just becoming much harder to justify rostering Bader in leagues with tight IL spaces. Nick Anderson is beginning a rehab assignment for the Rays, though it remains to be seen what kind of role he'll have due to the extensive number of injuries he's had the last few years, though at one time he was an elite closer for this team. And Josh Jung of the Rangers, who remains an exciting prospect despite missing much of this season due to injury, is beginning a rehab assignment. It may be a while before he sniffs the Major League roster, but this is very much worth noting. As far as hitting performances from yesterday, I'll lead out with Rowdy Telez. He went two for four with two home runs, two runs scored, six RBI, and a walk just to add to it. The lefty masher just did some mashing, as he often does, but remains a fringy asset in 10 to 12 teamers due to the hot and cold nature of his game. Bobby Dolbeck went two for three with two home runs, five RBI. The 27-year-old has prodigious power and five home runs so far in July, but it comes with a 207 batting average and an unfortunately predictable 46% strikeout rate, making him very hard to roster in a whole lot of formats. Albert Pujols continues his uh, his victory tour, I'll call it, his his retirement tour. He went three for four with a double, a home run, and three RBI. And don't look now, but over his last 10 games, Pujols is hitting 389 and slugging 772 with three home runs and 13 combined runs in RBI. You can't really add him in most 10 and 12 teamers unless you have a very open roster spot, but it's good to see Big Al go out with a bang. Nolan Gorman of the Cardinals went two for four with a home run, two runs scored, and a stolen base. Nice little combo meal for him. Major League Pitching's exposing Gorman's poor hit tool, but the power in his bat is very real, and hopefully he finds a way to bring the strikeout rate down to something much more reasonable by the end of the season. So that we can be excited about his prospects for 2023. I'm not saying he can't be valuable in 2022. I'm just saying it's not going to be easy for Gorman to find consistency in such a short time due to the holes he has in his swing rate. Julio Rodriguez went one for four with a home run and three RBI, and the news there is that it sounds like the wrist is feeling okay, so that's very exciting for someone who looks like he's going to be the AL Rookie of the Year. Jose Miranda, of the Twins went three for four with a home run, and it's now three straight three-hit games for Miranda, raising his July batting line to 386, 435, 632 to go along with a ton of counting stats and four home runs. He should be rostered everywhere right now until further notice due to the lack of depth at third base and his hot streak. Jorge Mateo of the Orioles doing some stuff that surprised me. He went two for four with a home run, and over his last 12 starts, Mateo's only striking out 15.6% of the time and hitting 341 with eight extra base hits and three steals across those 12 games. He's usually just a speed streamer who kills your ratios, but this improved contact he's putting up has a really nice value right now. No idea how long it sticks as his hit tool has been a problem throughout his major and minor league career, but this is pretty neat coming from Jorge Mateo. Alec Bohm also doing some neat stuff. He went two for four with a double, two runs scored and two RBI. And while the doubles probably the pretty much all the power Bohm has in his bat, he's turned into a slap-hitting Jeff McNeil slash Luis Arias type, and it's worth looking at in all points leagues if he's still out there. He's on a heck of a heater right now. Ty... Tyro Estrada of the Giants. He went three for four with a double, an RBI, and a stolen base, and seemingly out of nowhere, Estrada is well on his way to like a 15 home run, 20 stolen base season with a 260 ish batting average. And you know what? That plays everywhere, folks. And then Vlad Guerrero Jr. of the Blue Jays went two for four with a double, a run scored, and a stolen base. And sure, he extended his hitting streak to eight games, but the real story is Vladdy getting that first successful stolen base of the season because the element of surprise is real, folks. All right, now I'll move on to starting pitching performances. I will start out with my
my favorite pitcher. You already know who it is. It's Tarek Skubal. He went against the Padres yesterday. He got a no decision on six innings pitch, no earned runs, three hits, three walks, but just two strikeouts and four whiffs on 98 pitches. I continue to state that he is highly unlikely to be traded, as I believe he was mentioned in trade rumors just to get teams to pick up the phone. Due to the Tigers having very few veterans or rentals worth anything on the trade market, but it's good to see him find ways to be successful without his usual whiff-inducing stuff. Jansen Junk of the Angels went against the Royals. He got the win on five innings pitch, no earned runs, four hits, one walk, and eight strikeouts, 11 whiffs, 86 pitches, and he's got an 80-grade name and an acceptable arsenal, and it was more than enough for Junk to take down the Royals, but it seems like this was more of a successful stream than an ad for the future. Adam Wainwright went against the Toronto Blue Jays. He got the win on seven innings pitched, one earned run, five hits, no walks, eight strikeouts, strikeouts and 15 whiffs. Wayno busted out the vintage cutter and curve combo to wipe out the Blue Jays and fantasy managers should be eagerly awaiting a date with the Cubs in five turns. You Darvish went against the Tigers against Scooble. He went seven innings pitch with two earned runs, six hits, one walk, 11 strikeouts. The Tigers are a really bad offense and this is what aces will do to them pretty much every single time. Domingo Herman, not an ace. He went against the Mets. He went 4.2 innings pitch, two earned runs, five hits, two walks, seven strikeouts, but I just can't can't get excited about Herman even when he's getting starts for the Yankees due to the inconsistent nature of his performance, so I'm usually the one leaving him on the wire for someone else. Luis Castillo of the Reds went against the Marlins. He got the win on seven innings pitch, three earned runs, six hits, one walk, eight strikeouts, and 15 whips. Look, the fastball was down a few ticks, but it was plenty to take down these free-swinging Marlins. Castillo is one of the top two pitchers on the trade market along with Frankie Montas because Scooble doesn't count and would likely get a bump moving to just about any realistic destination, so he could really see a boost in his value. A guy who didn't see a boost in his value last night was Nathan Aovaldi against the Guardians. He went six innings pitch, three earned runs, nine hits, no walks, but just one strikeout and eight whiffs. And the issue here is that he sat just 95 here when he should be at least three ticks higher than that. I'll be passing on his starts until that velocity's up consistently since his entire arsenal's built around it. And Christian Javier of the Astros went against the A's. He got the loss on five innings pitch, three earned runs, five hits, one walks, and six strikeouts on 92 pitches and the issue with Javier as I've mentioned before the fastball command it was only a little bit off here but it was enough for even Oakland to get him for three runs you keep starting him every turn because even when the fastball command is a little off he still gets you the strikeouts and when it's not off he's an excellent starter so that's enough with the starting pitching performances for yesterday I'll now move on to the relief performances AJ Puck picked up his second save in three appearances he notched a hold in the other and could move into a closers role if Lou Trevino falters or is moved he should be on watch lists everywhere, even with Danny Jimenez beginning a rehab assignment. Matthew Festa of the Mariners, who picked up his second save this month, allowing just a hit and a walk with one strikeout, has allowed just eight total base runners and one earned run in his last 13 appearances while striking out 17. He hasn't been a particularly consistent contributor in wins, saves, or holds, but he gets a little bit of each and is worth a look in AL only and other deep leagues where you need some extra innings and strikeouts with some great ratio help. And then Colin Poche continued his implosion over his last five appearances, blowing his second consecutive save in as many nights, with Pete Fairbanks stepping in to save the day, literally, and close out his first game of the season. Pete Fairbanks is in the mix for Tampa, but then again, who isn't? Heck, I feel like I'm in the mix for saves over there right now. Uh, I mean, besides Colin Poche, who can now be dropped in most 10 and 12 team league. And since I've now talked for about 10 minutes while barely breathing, I'm going to take a quick break and we will be back right after this. 
Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast also don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from youtube videos live streams newsletters off-season articles tiktoks breakdowns over 15 baseball podcasts on our network we can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season so sign up for pl plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free all right thanks for listening let's get back to the show And we are back just in time to pass it over to Mark with the weather. Mark, take it away. Thank you very much. Well, looking at today's schedule, maybe the game with the biggest threat is going to be the finale of the Guardians at the Red Sox as a cold front swings through that area. It's not going to be like a wall-to-wall, big band of rain, just some showers and scattered thunderstorms around it. I expect them to play through it, but at least we have something to keep an eye on as we go through the day weather-wise. Thank you very much, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you, Mark. As always, we greatly appreciate it. Just to look at today's options for streaming and DFS, on the pitching side, there aren't very many appealing options today, but I'll talk about just a couple that caught my eye. Again, as I mentioned earlier in the broadcast, a lot of folks are going to be looking at Yusei Kikuchi, who, as previously stated, comes off the IL to draw the Tigers. I'm a little concerned about his propensity for being erratic, but he's got a real good shot at a win as long as he can go five innings. Max Meyer, who missed his last start with elbow pain, might be avoided a bit in this one against the Reds in Cincinnati, but but I sort of like him as a contrarian play. I think the Reds are, of course, a very easy offense to expose. And on the other side, Graham Ashcraft, who's like the bombiest of cherry bombs. But if you're chasing strikeouts, Graham Ashcraft does draw the Marlins and could easily rack up six to eight Ks while allowing just a small handful of runs. He's got no chance of going zero earned runs, but he might allow only a few runs. And that could be very useful. On the hitting side, any Blue Jay that's starting and available is worth plugging in against Tyler Alexander of the Tigers. The Rays and Orioles face off in a game that should have plenty of run scoring with Jordan Lyles and Ryan Yarbrough on the mound. So definitely someone to look at would be like a Jorge Mateo, uh, who I mentioned previously, who's hitting much, much better. And then the Phillies could do a number on Zach Thompson of the Pirates, including the previously mentioned Alec Bohm, who's just on a heck of a heater right. And with that, thank you so much for listening. Please rate and review us on iTunes or whatever it is you listen to your podcasts on. We really appreciate any feedback you have, positive or negative. We want to make this the best podcast because Pitcher List wants to be the best baseball site on the planet. And this podcast is one way that we try to do that. So thank again, thank you so much for listening. My name is Scott Chu. You can find me on Twitter at if the Chu fits, please check out the hacks and Jacks podcast that came out yesterday and the hitter list. A lot of news there for you. A lot of interesting things that I think can help you win some fantasy leagues. And we hope you have a great rest of your day. This has been the first pitch podcast brought to you by pitcherlist.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at pitcherlist and help support what we do by joining our discord with pitcherlist plus at pitcherlist.com slash plus.